Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 272. Hello and welcome. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening and thanks for downloading. First time listeners, we're glad you found our podcast. We hope you enjoy the show and become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, iPhone 10 pre-orders have kicked off. And not everyone was happy. There was a massive frenzy for orders. David Jones unveils its new premium in-store technology zones. And we take a destination drive in a Tesla Model X. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Fitbit Ionic sports watch. BlackBerry's unveiled the new Key One Black Edition. And Telstra has reinvented messaging for Android users. And we're going to finish up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Massive show planned for you, so we're just going to jump straight in. Well, iPhone 10 pre-orders started last Friday. October 27 at 6:01 p.m. That's Sydney time or Eastern Standard Eastern Summer Time here in Australia. And to say that there was a frenzy I think is uh, is an understatement. There were the pre-order stock was sold out within minutes and soon we were seeing estimated delivery times blowing out to up to 8 weeks. So uh, anyone who got in too late they, and, and who actually placed their order were facing a wait of eight weeks to get their hands on the new iPhone 10. There were uh, plenty of customers who were upset by what happened. We're going to hear from one of those. Uh, the, uh, they left us a voice bite. We're going to play that in a moment. And there were some other customers who were had everything prepared and through uh, from several people, including this person that we spoke to and quoted in our story on Tech Guide, we understand that the Apple site, so there was two ways to order it through Apple. One was through the website. The other was through the Apple Store app. Both of those, according to several of our readers, didn't go online until about 6.08 p.m., which was seven minutes after the pre-orders had started elsewhere. So as a result, one of our keen readers, keen Apple fans, who had who went to the trouble of setting up the a fast 4G connection in the CBD, had everything ready to go, was refreshing. He, despite that preparation, by the time he got through and he had to enter his security code and to get his phone into the basket, by the time he got that finished... He, his shipping time was four to five weeks. And that's someone who was had everything ready to go to make that purchase. Uh, we did hear from another customer who was a Vodafone customer, 
and they the site crashed and they were left uh, waiting. Actually, we're going to play the voice bite that the Vodafone customer has left, and we'll talk about it. But here's what he had to say. On with Vodafone, I went to their site at 6.01 p.m., um, had to give my phone number, got a text message with a code, had to input that code, select my phone. When I went to the shopping cart, it was a blank white screen. So you can understand the frustration of a customer there who went to the trouble, had had his phone ready to go, wanted to order at 6.01 like everyone else, and was faced with that issue where the effectively the site crashed. And uh, he's since been in touch and told us that Vodafone have escalated his order, so they're going to try to to make up for that error, that, that uh, they're going to escalate his order and try to get him further towards the top of the line, which is uh, good of Vodafone to do that. No guarantee whether that's actually going to happen or how many other people they may have promised that to as well. But the point is, there's a lot of demand for this phone. Uh, a lot of uh, customers who I think are going to be waiting outside the store. Uh, the pre-orders is one thing, and they've obviously sell, sold out in minutes. If you go onto the online now, you're, you're facing a delivery time of two to three months. Uh, what I think, though, is Apple's strategy here is to also to bring stock into the store. Uh, best chance in the years that I've been covering all the iPhone launches is your best chance of getting one on launch day or close to launch day without pre-ordering is to just turn up at the store. And we will see a line around the block for the iPhone 10. Such is the demand. Uh, I can't recall as much demand for an iPhone and such fascination with a new model of the iPhone since the original. Uh, when, when people got their hands on the original iPhone, I know that first one wasn't released in Australia, but we did get the iPhone 3 uh, the following year in 2008, and the demand just was through the roof. There were people camping out, as there are this year as well, for the iPhone 10. Now, the big difference with this device, of course, is the, the fact that it is all screen. So it's got a 5.8-inch edge-to-edge display. It is running iOS 11, of course. It's got uh, Face ID, so that's going to add uh, more, uh, a, not only a fast way to unlock the phone, but also give us ways to, uh, for better uh, portrait mode and for, for your selfie shots and other things that can map your face and give you a better result, whether it's putting on a mask on Snapchat or using the Animojis, which we, we tried in our video that we uh, uploaded to YouTube some months back. That video, by the way, if you haven't watched it, uh, has gone up now to 639,000, 640,000 views, our hands-on video of the iPhone 10 from the launch event in Cupertino. So, yeah, there is a lot of demand for the iPhone 10. Uh, some customers not too happy that they've got to wait uh, so long to get it. But I still think your best hope, if you're still keen to get your hands on one, is to turn up at a store. Just be prepared, maybe head in there a little early. Um, you know, if you, if you want to camp out, then you're probably a better chance than most. But I think if you head to your local stores, your Telstra's, your Optus, Vodafone stores, uh, other Apple stores around the place, they will have, I think, the, line, the Apple stores will have the lion's share of stock. And uh, if you do turn up early, you may be lucky enough to grab yourself one. There's only two models, 64 gig, or four models if you count the two colors. So 64 gig, 256 gig, silver or black. And there's no plus. People have said, oh, is there a plus? Well, no, it's not a plus. point of this phone is that it sits right in the middle of the iPhone 8 and an 8 Plus. So it has a 5.8-inch screen, but is still way smaller than the iPhone 8 Plus. 
So it's kind of that Goldilocks phone. It's not too big, not too small. It's just right. Uh, we're going to have a review of the phone hopefully next week. And uh, But for, for the moment, if you are aiming to get your hands on the iPhone 10, best head down to a store. Uh, you did hear from some of our, our, our readers and listeners who didn't have some luck, didn't have uh, as much luck as other people, but they still they're still hanging in there. They still want the device. They haven't been turned they haven't been turned off the device despite the despite them not getting through as quickly as they could. The iPhone 10 is in stores this Friday, November three. We've also listed all of the plans for the iPhone 10, all the telcos. So we've got Vodafone, Optus, Telstra, Virgin Mobile, every plan for every device and all the pricing. So you can make a really easy comparison if you are thinking of getting a device on a plan or if you're buying it outright. It is the devices are 1579 for 64 gig and 1829 for the 256 gig. There's only two models available. They're the prices. You've got all those plans as well. And if you want to read more about that frenzy from the pre-orders, you can check that out at our site, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, everyone's heard the ads for David Jones. They say there's no other store like David Jones. It's pretty uh, a, a common common phrase that we all know, uh, but to do with the David Jones stores. And, well, they're going to try to apply that mantra to a new zone in their stores, a new tech zone. And these aren't any ordinary tech zones. These are premium technology store within a store type, uh, type feel. They're going to open up in eight of their stores next week. That's November the 9th. And we got a sneak peek. Uh, we headed down to a lunch, and they, they gave us a bit of a briefing about what, what we can expect to see from these premium technology experience within the David Jones stores. David Jones, uh, there was their CEO, David Thomas, actually was sitting next to me at lunch. He's a really nice guy. But he was telling us that no, David Jones owns the premium customers. So all, all of their customers who, who obviously don't mind spending a bit of money on quality products, uh, David Jones has the lion's share of those customers. And to, uh, to appeal to those customers, they are going to create a premium center for tech experiences. So we're talking an area where they can experience the innovation of this new technology, but viewed as much as a lifestyle product or a fashion product as as much as it is a tech product. So not focusing on the speeds and feeds, as they said, but focusing on what the technology can do for them. Uh, whether it, how good it will look in their home. So they can experience that innovation of, of this lifestyle technology and uh, then hopefully take it home and have that same experience in their homes. Now, David Jones is not going to, as other stores do, so your other, your Harvey Normans and JB Hi-Fi's, all these other stores, they often have ambassadors in their store. So rather than uh, it being a Harvey Norman employee, for example, selling the Samsung TVs, often... The companies have representatives in the store. So that person might be wearing a Samsung shirt. Over in the other corner, there'll be someone with an LG shirt on and so on. And these ambassadors, as they call them, then become the salespeople for the products in the store. So there's no better person who knows the product than someone from that company. And the the But what we're seeing, though, is the fact that 
uh, customers know that that person is only going to sell them a Samsung TV. So if they're looking over at the LG TVs, that Samsung person is no use to them until they speak to the LG person. So you can understand that a customer may feel a little intimidated by thinking that uh, I know that they're only going to spruik their own TVs here. How am I going to know what's best for me? unless they speak to all of them. That, that's a little intimidating for customers. So David Jones are taking a different approach here. They're insisting that they've got their own staff. They've employed, I think, uh, more than 100 staff, so expert staff, who can then allow the customer, so talk to the customer about what they want to achieve, what they're looking for, and find the product that's right for them. So I do applaud them for that approach because – the last thing you want is having all these different ambassadors wearing all different shirts. The question I asked in the press conference at the lunch was, are all your staff going to be wearing the same shirts? You see some in store wearing Samsung, some LG, some Sony, some Panasonic, whatever there is, and the, it's a difference. But I asked, are they going to be all wearing the same shirt? The answer was yes. So they are going to have their own trained staff, trained by the companies, of course. So trained staff and also after-sales service as well. So, for example, if you bought a television, uh, they're focusing on very much on OLED TVs. So Panasonic, Sony, even the Samsung QLED TVs, and in particular the LG wallpaper TV, that, that fantastic OLED TV. So part of that deal is like this white glove service where they're going to not only deliver free delivery, but also free installation and also training so that the customer can get the hang of the TV and how it would fit into their home network and make them feel comfortable about using the television. So that's all part of the service, part of the deal when, you're, when you, do, you are shopping at David Jones. The categories they're going to focus on, no surprise here, these are very popular categories. TVs, headphones, speakers, wireless audio, so audio plays a big part, uh, computers, wearable tech, uh, and the connected home. So uh, these categories are covered. But no, uh, the, the, the premium brands are obviously going to be promoted here as well. So we're talking Bang & Olufsen, Master & Dynamic, uh, Devalier, Name, Audio Pro, uh, as well as, of course, popular brands like Apple, of course, Samsung, LG, Panasonic, Sony, Sennheiser, Beats, Harman Kardon. So you're getting my drift here. These are premium brands across the board where obviously customers are maybe likely to spend a little bit more, but also experience the products in their, let's call it their natural habitat. So there'll be like viewing rooms and listening rooms so the, the customer can appreciate not only the look and quality, but also the audio quality or the, the picture quality as well. Uh, the They're going to kick off in eight stores around Australia, and they're going to be at the Market Street store in Sydney, the Bondi Junction store in Sydney, Chatswood in Sydney. In Melbourne, they're going to be at Burke Street, Chadston, uh, Brisbane, it's going to be Queen's Plaza, Adelaide Central Plaza, uh, and in Hay Street in Perth. So if you're in any of those cities and you're interested in seeing what uh, they've come up with with their technology zones, then I highly recommend you take a look. Uh, you may find a pair of uh, $20,000 headphones that you really can't live without. That They're the sort of products you're going to see there, as well as the other products, the, the more affordable products. But there is going to be that kind of variety of products, so don't expect, don't be surprised to see. And I think I saw one of them at the launch today, a speaker, and don't know the company, but it's made of cement. This is a cement. It's made of concrete, 
weighs 10, 15 kilos. Sounded fantastic, but they're some of those high-end products you can expect to see at the David Jones Zone. I think it's like a $14,000 speaker. If you can carry it out of the store, you're a better man than I am. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, I think I was... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Said in the past, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the Tesla electric cars. I have previously driven the Model S, which is more the sportier looking vehicle. And uh, I did mainly just sort of stick to my own area, so I didn't go out of Sydney. Uh, battery lasted me all weekend. I, I did just find a couple of battery charges just for fun to, to charge it up again. But uh, the kind people at Tesla suggested that I maybe take a Tesla on what they called a destination drive. And so I immediately thought about the opportunity here where I did recently go up to the Hunter Valley to watch Midnight Oil. You may have heard, I think, the last podcast, my voice sounding a little strained from uh, me singing every song at this Midnight Oil concert on the Hunter Valley. Uh, so I, I saw this as an opportunity for me to take it Take a Tesla Model X this time. This is the seven-seater. It has the same wheelbase, same motors, same battery capacity. So it's basically the Model S, just with a different body on it. Uh, the Model a, Model X, though, has uh, a much larger windscreen that sort of wraps up and over the top of the car, has two gullwing back doors, so a little bit like the DeLorean doors. Front doors open normally, although when you walk near the car with the key, the front door, the driver door just pops open ready for you to get in. Uh, has all, all the massive screen, same as the Model S, and is whisper quiet. The only noise you can hear is the sound of the tyre on, on the road surface. Uh, that's all you get. So uh, really excited by the experience, and I thought, yeah, great idea. Let's take the Model X on a destination drive. So I had, it's a seven-seater, but I folded the three rear seats down because I needed to fit in golf clubs and bags, and there were four of us in the car. So we uh, took off from Sydney with about 97% of the battery. It was a rainy Friday afternoon when we left, so it took us about two and a half, two hours 45 to get up there. And by the time we arrived at the Hunter Valley, we still had 38% of the battery left. I think it might have even been 40%. So we, we got through about 50-something percent of the battery. And when so so that, that's one thing you got to remember with a Tesla is it's another thing you got to remember to charge like your phone like everything else. There were thankfully plenty of places to charge the Tesla or any electric car on the Hunter Valley. There was a great app that I downloaded that let, let me know all the different locations. Location number one, I uh, thought great. I was booked in to play golf at Crown Plaza. Uh, played nine holes, and I thought, great, they've got a charger there. So while I'm playing golf, I'm going to find this charger, p- back the car up, charge it up. So the two and two and a bit hours that I'm going to be playing golf, I'm going to charge this baby, and I'll get right up there again. Well, I arrived at the Crown Plaza and found the charger. They were kind enough to direct me to it, which was right out the front of their main, uh, the, the main part of the hotel. 
but I did find it was a specialty charger. A specialty, not not the, the the plug wouldn't fit, but it was a a branded charger uh, by Charge Card Australia. So what I needed to actually unlock the charger was a membership card. So I didn't know this. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't able to register and get a card in time. Uh, I went into the hotel and said, can I pay for something to unlock it? And they said, no, you need a card. You need to be a member. So I wasn't able to charge the car at that point while I was playing golf. But luckily, what I did, we played golf, and I said to my three playing partners, I said, look, boys, you go and have a beer. I'm going to go to the Peterson's Winery, which was a five-minute drive down the road, they had not one charger, but three Tesla chargers in their car park. So you drive in, and these spots are reserved. It says parking only for Tesla or electric vehicle. And I found a 20-watt charger. There were two 7-watt chargers, so the more higher the wattage, the faster it charges. And plugged the Model X into that charger at the Peterson's Winery. And just found the cafe and had a coffee, bought a drink, just hung around for about an hour and 10 minutes. And while the boys were still enjoying a beer at the golf club and managed to get another 20% charge in a space of an hour. So that sort of took me back up over sort of close to 60 something percent now. Now, that that was all well and good. Now, the downside of that is that if you if I was driving a fuel car, it would take me five minutes to fill the car up to full and I'd be good to go. In this instance, I had to wait an hour and a bit for the car to charge and if that, I think, slight downside, it, unless I had, uh, and I did this, I charged the car overnight using the house's power. So luckily, where I parked the car wasn't far from an outdoor plug. So overnight, I grabbed the cable that came with the car, plugged one into the outdoor cable, the other into the car, and in a space of about 12 hours, I was able to get another 15%. So while I was at the Midnight Oil concert, we caught a bus. A bus picked us up to go to the concert. So while I was at the Midnight Oil concert, I connected the car. And then when we got home, there was, it topped up another 15%. So I was up near 80% again. And overnight, kept it plugged in, got up to 97% again over the over the uh, in that overnight charging period and then we had a brunch and drove home i had 95% of battery charge and drove back to sydney uh, without a problem so but it, it did prove the point that yes you can drive up to the gold coast if you want to because tesla have put all these charges up and down the east coast of australia so if you do want to go into state there's no you won't have any charge anxiety battery anxiety in thinking that oh, where am i going to find a charger Plenty of them around, plenty of apps to tell you. The car itself can tell you as well. So that was uh, that, that's an advantage. You can easily navigate to the nearest charger. And luckily for me, at the Peterson's Winery, it, it gave me a chance to charge up. I could easily have just booked a lunch, plugged the car in for two and a half hours, and then by the time I would have come out, it would have been fully charged. That's the ideal scenario. If you do own a Tesla, it is possible to install a charger in your home so that it'll charge overnight. If, it, if it's absolute zero, you can get to full charge in eight hours. And that's if you've got single-phase power. Th- Three-phase, you, you'd probably do that in six hours. So 
you'd never leave home without a top-up. Anyone with a Tesla would charge that up overnight and then you you have that knowledge that you've got plenty of charge left for you just to run around Sydney and do what you need to do. Uh, so there's none of that anxiety, I think, if you had a charger at home and left always with, with plenty of charge. But on a trip like the one I completed, there was I did want to make sure that there was enough charge, was prepared to sit at a charger for an hour and a half if I had to before I drove home. That's the downside where... Not not like pulling up to a petrol station where I can just top it up in, in 10 minutes, put 50 bucks of petrol in, and I'm good to go. That wasn't uh, – I couldn't do that. But on the upside, it was a free charge from Peterson, so I didn't have to pay one single cent for any kind of fuel because it was all electricity, electric power that charged me for the trip up and also for the drive back. Model X, brilliant car. Model S, also a brilliant car, both from Tesla. And uh, the destination drive was a pleasure. And uh, everyone who was on the trip, there was like 16 of us on this trip. We, we hired this massive house in the Hunter Valley. And they were all wanting to take turns driving with me in the Tesla because as anyone who's driven a Tesla knows, there is instant torque. I had the P100D Model X, and this is a car that goes 0 to 100 in like 2.4 seconds. So, of course, the boys wanted to feel that, to experience that. It's like uh, sitting on a plane that decides to, uh, on the runway, about to take off when it uh, drops the hammer. It's the same kind of feeling you get when you're in the Tesla and you, you put your foot down. It's instant torque. You're instantly going very fast. And the boys love that as did I. Uh, you can read more about our destination drive in our Tesla Model S at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Well, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, you better get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features. This includes two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, your pets, or whoever's at your front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick rechargeable batteries, night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Next week, we're going to talk about the new Netgear solar panel, which will allow you for these cameras to be powered by the sun, so you don't even have to remember to charge them. They're going to be charged all the time. More about that next week. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection, and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more information. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Our first review for the week is the Fitbit Ionic. Now, this is a sports watch, and anyone who knows Fitbit, the, the Fitbit is a big name in fitness trackers. The fitness tracker market, I th easily say uh, they are number one, very popular brand, but they've now moved into the smartwatch space. We have seen a first attempt at a smartwatch, which was okay. This is their more serious attempt at a smartwatch, which is the Fitbit Ionic. And what I really like about this is that it's got a really sleek design. There's hardly any bulk to the watch. It's got a nice, bright, colorful screen, which you, you can read anywhere, even in bright sunlight. And, of course, it's an amazing 
exercise companion. That is the strength of any Fitbit product is that it can really monitor and track you, uh, all, all your exercises, your sleep, your well-being, how many glasses of water you drink. You can monitor all of that to get a complete fitness picture, health picture, I should say, uh, with with any of their devices. And the, the Fitbit Ionic is no exception. The difference here is that it's more a watch rather than a tracker. So the other trackers were thin, unobtrusive, very discreet. This is a watch. You, you can wear it. It's about the same size screen as an Apple Watch, and it's got a square face, nice bright bright screen, as I said. You can scroll through the menu really easily, get an update on everything you've done, how many steps you've taken, uh, your heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate while you're training, calories burned, built-in GPS so you can get your distance traveled, all of that information. Uh, the design of it is, is, as I said, pretty sleek, not too bulky at all. Battery life that lasts three to four days, which I think was really impressive. Now, as an exercise companion, it's second to none. You can track your workouts, run, bike, swim, treadmill, interval training, weights, workout, the whole bit. You can track it really easily with the Fitbit Ionic. One little criticism I had about, though, the exercise screen, when you press go, you got all your stats, you got your heart rate, you got your time, you got all the things you're doing, but I couldn't tell the time. I'm thinking, what time is it? I actually had to press the button and scroll through the the uh, the information to get to the time, which was a bit hard. If you've got weights in your hand, you're doing something, you'd think the time would be in a, a small up in the top corner where the, that will always be there for you to look at. Well, I found that unusual for a watch not to be able to show me the time straight away. That was uh, my one little thing that I picked up in that little exercise area. But uh, with the companion app and with the ability for it to track so accurately whatever you're doing, uh, it is fantastic. Now, on the well-being side, of course, you can track your sleep, uh, your resting heart rate. Uh, resting heart rate's a key indicator for your for health and uh, your cardio fitness level as well. So uh, you can track your resting heart rate, uh, which you can you can track on a on the app as well, as well as your heart rate while you're training. So if you want to hit a certain zone while you're training, you want to either you use the the fitness uh, you know high heart rate or the fat burning zone. That's up to you, and you can uh, get guided through that with the app and with the uh, fitness coach on board. Now this Fitbit, the Ionic is one of the, uh, they said that one of the features is you able to upload your music to the Fitbit. Well, you know what? This stumped me. Uh, we tried to transfer about 100 songs onto the Fitbit Ionic. It said, go to your computer and transfer it from there, link them up. We did that, picked the songs I wanted to transfer, and it just did not work. It said the transfer is in progress. I looked at it today, and it's still transferring in progress from a week ago. I can't change that screen. So uh, transfer just didn't work. We only tried to get 100 songs over, and I think we bamboozled it, and it bamboozled me, and we ended up getting no music on the device. We're hoping you have better luck. So uh, it can, if you get your music on board, can link to Bluetooth earphones or headphones. So if you want to run, listen to your music without your phone, still have your built-in GPS, you can do that with the Fitbit Ironic. That's if you get your music on it. We never had any luck, but we hope you do. Uh, in that area. Now, it's also a smartwatch to a degree. It can tell you when you're getting a phone call, but you can't answer the call. It can tell you when you're getting a message, but you can't reply to the message. So basically, you need to go back to your phone. So it's a notification of the incoming calls and texts, but unlike the Apple Watch, you can actually reply from your wrist or talk to the person on your wrist 
Not so with the Fitbit Ionic. So it's more a sports watch than a smart watch. There is a sprinkling of smart features, but mainly the lion's share are fitness features. So uh, it is mainly a fitness device rather than being a smart watch. Battery, I've already mentioned, was excellent. And uh, if you're obviously using the built-in GPS and training every every day, that's going to give a bit more of a hit to the battery. So you may only get two and a half days rather than three and a half days, which is still impressive. Um, now, on the price side, here is the price of the Fitbit Ionic is $449.95. Now, at that price, it puts it on par with the Apple Watch Series 3 and the Samsung Gear S3. So it's in the same neighborhood as those devices. Now, granted, the Fitbit Ionic is a specialty exercise watch, but the Apple Watch and Samsung Gear S3 are both very capable fitness watches as well. So has Fitbit put itself in a pretty dangerous comparison position here where people have got 450 in their hand and think, well, I could buy an Apple Watch with this money. So... Well, what I've concluded here is the fact that what one thing going for it is that it is mainly a fitness watch. And for a lot of customers, that's what they want. They don't want the distraction of those, that other stuff. They just want the fitness tracking and good luck to them. Uh, and I think the other thing, the other thing I pointed out in my review is the fact that the other Fitbit products, I think, are, the, are competitive to this as well. You know, rather than paying 450 you could pay 250 and get a, a, a cheaper Fitbit they can still give you most of the information. Won't have a color screen, won't look like a watch, but you can still get most of that information on your wrist, like the Charge 2, the Alta HR. They are very, very capable fitness trackers, not quite a watch, uh, but can do the job at a far cheaper price. So the customer who wants a mainly fitness device that looks like a pretty cool watch, then this is a great choice for them. If, if you're in the Fitbit ecosystem, this is a great upgrade, but it does put itself in the same same ballpark as those other watches that could very well, by comparison, other customers may be attracted to those devices as well. But that's not taking any way, anything away from the Fitbit Ionic. It's an excellent device, great fitness companion, uh, lots of great features going for it, just a tad expensive, hard to sync the music, but you know, uh, you may have better luck than I did. Uh, but still... Not not a bad, a pretty respectable product and ideal if it's mainly exercise you're after. If you want to read our full review, you can check it out at our website, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, BlackBerry is back in the news, and we spoke about them earlier in the year. BlackBerry Key One was released, unveiled at the Mobile World Congress back in Barcelona in February, was the hit of the show, I reckon, was probably one of the more popular devices at the show. Now, this was a device that had a 4.5-inch screen, Android operating system, full keyboard, keyboard that also doubled as a trackpad, space bar in the keyboard is also the fingerprint reader, so pretty impressive off the bat. Uh, also had the security that BlackBerry is famous for. So here is probably one of the most secure smartphones, one of the most secure Android phones for sure, but also possibly one of the most secure smartphones 
period. So BlackBerry uses those old enough to remember BlackBerry was the reinvented mobility back in the turn of the century, was the go-to device if you're a sort of corporate high flyer and wanted your emails on the go. That was a big thing, thinking, wow, I've got emails in my pocket. I don't have to go to my computer. I can read emails right here. Now we take that sort of feature for granted, but the BlackBerry always had the that great keyboard and its back, also had that great security and it's still here. And what they've also released, though, is a new black edition. Now, I was uh, interested to hear that the silver edition, the original, which was sold through JB Hi-Fi at 899 bucks, were a sellout. You cannot find them anymore. So now, with the arrival of the black edition, that's the BlackBerry Key One black edition, also has the specs, slight bump in the specs, so 4 gig of RAM, 64 gig of internal storage, Plus, there's a micro SD card slot if you want to expand that memory even further. To uh, you can actually expand the memory with micro SD cards up to two terabytes. Who's got a two terabyte micro SD card? If you do, can you send me one? Two terabytes up to that. So that's a, a pretty good uh, expansion of your memory right there. Keyboard again, star of the show here, and I've typed on this, and it's a breeze. It is accurate typing on this. Anyone who's ever used a BlackBerry, it's like muscle memory. It'll be like going back in time. You're thinking, wow, I remember this. And you can zip through your emails, zip through your messages. Another great feature of the keyboard is that you get 52 shortcuts. That's right, 26 letters in the alphabet. Long press and a short press can give you shortcuts. So, for example, short press of F opens Facebook. Long press of F opens an email to Stephen Fennick or someone whose name starts with F. Or short press of I is Instagram. Long press of S is Snapchat. So you can set all these shortcuts to either open apps or uh, address messages or emails to certain people. So maybe long press mum opens a message to your mother, Uh, things like that. Short press dad gives dad a message. Uh, Or your boss might start with the letter Q. You might long press Q and start a letter to your boss. So all these shortcuts, which are really handy, and I also already mentioned that the keyboard is a trackpad, so you can track through websites and documents. So the beauty of that is that you're not blocking the screen. When we scroll on a screen, our fingers are on the screen, so we're blocking the screen. With this, if you're typing, if you're scrolling, your hand is off the screen. It's on the keyboard, so it allows you to track and leave the key the screen alone so you can actually see your content, which is really handy as well. It's running the Android 7.1 Nougat operating system. Uh, has a 12 megapixel rear camera, which includes the Sony sensor, so it does take some pretty impressive shots. Battery life has been rated at up to 26 hours. That's nearly that's two full days of use. Uh, it's got a 3505 milliamp hour battery. Also has Qualcomm Quick Charge. So what that means is you can get up to 50% charge in just 36 minutes, which is really handy if you need to rush out and you're running low on your battery. The BlackBerry Key One Black Edition, same price as silver, by the way, 899 bucks from JB Hi-Fi. That price is remarkable considering uh, all these devices that are pricing themselves over 1000 bucks, sort of in the iPhone, Samsung territory. BlackBerry Key One, which is specced up nicely, 899 bucks. We think that's a great price. You can read our story about it and check out some pictures as well at techguide.com.au. Well, Telstra have reinvented messaging. They've released Telstra Messaging. And what this allows you to do, and you know, you've got to remember, we've been using SMSs now for up to nearly 25 years we've been texting each other. And what they've done for Android devices is introduce a new 
messaging standard called Rich Communication Services, RCS for short. So basically what they're doing with your normal text message, if you're a Telstra customer and using an Android device, for now it's it'll work on the S7, the S7 Edge, S8 and S8 Plus. So if you are if you do have those devices, you can use and you're a Telstra customer, you can use Telstra messaging right now. So what it does is combine your traditional SMS, MMS, chat, voicemail all in a single message thread. So it is a little bit like WhatsApp, a little bit like Facebook Messenger, but this is your text message. These are your messages on your device. A great example of what it can do is also rather say you miss a call and rather than you having to call 101 Message Bank, the person who called you, their voice file of that recording will pop up in a thread, a message thread between you and this person. So you just got to go to that message thread, press on the file, and you don't have to dial anyone. You can just hear that voicemail. Really, really handy. So this is an integration of uh, voice and video calling capabilities, which Telstra already done. Wi-Fi calling they've already done. Now they've got this new RCS established. So it's going to give you your messaging thread uh, even more capability. So if you are a Telstra customer and a Samsung S7, S7 Edge, S8, S8 Plus user, you can use this right now. It is going to roll out for other Android devices in the coming months. But right now, if you're a Samsung user, recent Samsung user, S7, S8, you can use this now. But later on in the next couple of months, if you do have another Android device, uh, it will happen for you as well. So you can test out Telstra messaging using that rich communication services technology. Uh, I think it's... is. It's as close as Android's going to get to iMessage. That's one strength of the iPhone is they've got the iMessage service, which uses your data. You can share all kinds of things in that stream as well, in that thread. So this is the Android answer uh, coming courtesy of Telstra with Telstra Messaging. If you want to find out how that works and check it out for yourself, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Now, there's lots of valuable stuff stored on your computer. Think about it. Family photos, your videos, tax, work documents, all kinds of things. Well, what would you do if all of a sudden they were gone or if they were encrypted and impossible to retrieve? This is happening. It's called ransomware. That's a malware that locks you out of your own files, then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. This is on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware. But it does this by blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and backing up your files from your PC to the cloud so you'll have a copy if anything goes awry. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. We had an interesting question from one of our Tech Guide readers, and the question was, the, the person was using, I think, an Oppo phone or an Android phone, let's just say, and that no one who was not on the contact list was getting through. Anyone who wasn't a contact was being blocked. 
So we had a little think about this, and what we think was happening was Android, uh, the feature called auto-reject. That is a feature in Android that blocks numbers that of your choosing from getting through. So if if you someone out of the blue, not in your contact list, is trying to call you, maybe someone you've just met or a doctor or someone important, uh, this this reader was saying that the, the calls weren't getting through. And there were calls that needed to get through, and they weren't. So they asked, of course, for our help. And we found that there was it is the, it is possible that the auto-reject system was being used here. Now, to work that out, to find that out, and I didn't have this person's device to look at in my hands. So what we suspect has happened is they've accidentally activated auto-reject. And the way to check that is to go into the keyboard or the dialer, the keypad or dialer in your phone, Click on the settings, and there should be blocked numbers, a block. Press that, and that brings you into another screen that shows you the ability to add contacts that you want to block to certain numbers. Now, in that screen, there were also settings that can allow you to set the call reject list. So here, I think what may have happened is someone was maybe playing with the phone and set it so that uh, no person, people who were not unknown, so not in the address book, were being blocked. People that were in the address book, they were, their calls were getting through, they were fine because they weren't on that auto-reject list. So that's what we suspect has happened. If you're familiar with this and having the same issue, check out your settings on your on the phone part of your smartphone and get into the settings and unblock those numbers. We've written about this uh, or similar issues here, and we've also reviewed, of course, countless Android devices, and you can read all about that at techguide.com.au. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at our website, techguide.com.au. And we do want to hear from you. We did have one VoiceBite today. You can download VoiceBite, free app for iOS and Android. I'm the co-founder, so, of course, I love it. You can add a hashtag, AskStephen, or hashtag TechGuide, and you can get through to me with a tech question. I will play your voice bite. So you're recording your voice. I will play your voice on the Tech Guide podcast. So be sure to download voice bite. Hit me up with some questions. I'd love to get three or four questions. So I'll play your voices on the podcast and then give you my very best answer. So download voice bite. Use those hashtags, AskStephen or hashtag TechGuide. If you follow me on Twitter, at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelled with a PH, I'm often tweeting that we are looking for voice bites. Or you can send me an email, info at techguide.com.au. Far less exciting reading you rather than hearing you, but if that's what you, if that's your deal, fair enough, send me an email, but I would prefer preference will be given to voice bites. Special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll be right back. 